In episode 10 of So So We Travel the Podcast, we will discuss simple outdoor recipes to enjoy when living in an RV. I will share three of our family's personal favorites, including ingredients, quick instructions, and overall tips. Finally, we will continue our reviews of Battlestar Galactica episodes. This week, we're breaking down season one, episode five. Welcome aboard to So Say We Travel. Hi, I'm Sean. Hi, I'm Charlie. And we are So Say We Travel, and this is our 10th podcast episode. And in these podcasts, we really like to share our personal experiences. When we first started, we were talking about how we were transitioning from sticks and bricks to full-time life in the RV. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple episodes back, we finally completed that transition. We did. And now we're going to be sharing our experiences of being total newbies, full-timing, trying to figure out this life (laughs) in the RV. And we hope that by us sharing our experiences with you, I personally believe that experience is interchangeable with knowledge. And so hopefully we'll be sharing some knowledge with you. Um, that Hopefully. way you can learn some things, mm-hmm. maybe commensurate with us because you went through the same exact thing, or maybe even avoid some pitfalls and some of the mistakes of things that we've made down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, we're trying to build a community with people that will hopefully yes. turn in turn share their knowledge with us as well through mm-hmm. their journeys and their experiences. And that way we can make each other's lives just a little bit better, maybe out here on the road. Yeah. Um, so since our last video, we have settled in to the Galactica Mm -hmm. and kind of learning the ins and outs of living in this thing full time. Um, It's been a real great time. Total Mm -hmm. blast. I've had a blast, but there's definitely some growing pains with getting used to living in just when your, your habits of functioning in 2,600 square feet Mm -hmm. are all of a sudden you have to do the same things, but in what 250 square feet, (laughs) you know, like things have got to change. You gotta, you gotta learn little tips of tricks, things like that. And and we've done a significant amount of camping Mm -hmm. in our RV, but again, those were, those are camping trips. Those are weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't doing our normal nine to five routines. Um, And if anyone is just now joining us, we are going to be stationary for a year for an academic year, not an entire calendar year, Mm -hmm. but for an academic year. While our our teenager does one year in high school, um, I finished my last year uh, as an educator. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're learning how to do all the same things we're doing in a stationary sticks and bricks, but trying to do it all stationary in an RV. Mm -hmm. So this means when we get up in the morning, and there's only one tiny bathroom <laughs> as opposed to two and a half, you know, yeah. like you got to figure out some routines, some tips and tricks. Right. Um, I'm just going to talk about a couple. We really haven't, you know, we just started back to school, mm-hmm. so we don't have all the kinks worked out yet. Um, but I, I, I know one thing is the first day that I started going back to work, we normally get up and when we wake up, like the dogs would wake us up. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually around eight or so, yeah. 830. And we just get up with them and then mm-hmm. we go out and that, that will kind of be our alarm clock. Right. Only problem is that I think all dogs here where we are kind of woke up at the same time and woke yeah. up their, <laughs> their, their people at the same time. Yeah. And so everyone's trying to go to the bark parks mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. And our dogs, they're, they're not bad dogs. They're pretty nice dogs, but we don't, we haven't really put them around other dogs too right. much, like close, close around other dogs. They're pretty good walking but in close proximity, like off the leash at a bark park around other dogs, uh, we don't know exactly how they're going to behave yet. So our, we keep them on the leash all the time and don't let them get, you know, just run next to other That's dogs. That's the thing too. Like, I mean, I, our dogs are good, but I just, I don't like our dogs being around other dogs either. Because mm-hmm. you just never know what another another dog is going to do. Another yes, dog is going to totally react. Yes, totally true. 
Totally um, true. So personally, I just don't like having our dogs around other dogs either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so this leads us to having to get up earlier. Yes, because that's the to, way you avoid the rush. Yeah. Otherwise, we have, because there's two bark parks and one's way on the other side of the, the lot that we're staying in. Mm -hmm. um, and it increases the, the distance travel, the amount of time it takes to walk the dogs in the morning before getting started. And I was like, well, the only way to fix that is if I get up before uh, the rush, the rush essentially. <laughs> and so now it's like we wake up the dogs, you know, yeah. like right around, you know, seven, seven. A whole hour earlier, yeah. just so we can kind of get that process knocked out and then get the day started. Yeah. So just something simple. Cause again, like it's that. a whole process too. I mean, you know, we put them on a leash and then walking them and taking them to use the bathroom. So mm -hmm. just want to try and get that done as soon as mm -hmm. possible. That way, you know, you can get your day started. And, and it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal if I'm the type of person that I prefer to show up to work early like way early that way i can get everything taken care of i'd rather show up to work early than stay late that's just the kind of person that i am mm -hmm. but also like showing up early so i can center you know get ready for the day and that way when things pop off like i'm already been there yeah. settled in hitting the ground running yeah. i don't like walking right into work and having to go as soon as i show yeah. up i just throws my whole day off and so after experiencing that a couple of times trying to get this year year started i was like okay we got to get up earlier we got to walk the dogs earlier and you know it's yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. So mm -hmm. we, that's one thing we had to adjust and we're learning. Got to get up, walk the dogs early, beat the rush here at the lot. Um, and it's just fine. Totally fine. Yes. Just little adjustments that, that mm -hmm. we have to make. Um, and then the, the shared bathroom, right. right? That's another thing, too, is just I require less time in the bathroom than most other people <laughs> in this home for whatever reason. <laughs> so I have, I have another, too. If I get up earlier, walk the dogs earlier, then I can go in real quick, knock out what I have to do. That way I leave the bathroom available for... The teenager. The teenager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we did we at first she was going in there and doing her makeup. Yeah. And that was like, no. It's taking too long. Yeah. So we <laughs> bought her a little mirror to put in her bunk. So like you can use you can do the essentials in the bathroom, but you go in your in your bunk and you do all that hour long process of whatever's happening with her. I swear when she comes out she looks exactly the same. Aww. Like she does <laughs> I'm being facetious though, but it's just funny. So then, yeah, so just figuring that out, figuring that out. I have no issue with getting up earlier. Um, I don't either. I mean, yeah. I've always been a morning person anyways. Mm -hmm. um, I've always gotten up early. I've, I'm, I'm not a, a night owl, so um, it's no problem for me. I, I usually get up early anyways. I have pretty much my whole life. So. Yeah, and it wasn't a big deal in Six and Bricks because we were staggered. Right. Like when we'd wake up, mm -hmm. Charlie would leave the house before I would for work. Mm -hmm. Then I would get up and get ready with Maddie. And then by the time I was leaving the house is when the teenager was getting up, getting ready for high, you know, go to school. Yeah. So it was always staggered. Yeah. It was never all at the same time. So mm -hmm. just even though we don't have to do that anymore mm -hmm. because Charlie's working remote and Maddie's homeschooling, so I don't have to take her, you right. know, everything would kind of could be happening at the same time. But I think it'd be best if I just got up earlier and tried to keep it as staggered as possible. Yeah. You know, and that's making it work so far. Yeah. Um, and then back to school, you know, just the we're all getting back to school. Like I said, that just happened last week. We all started up. Mm -hmm. um, being able to keep the same time of getting of leaving the house and is not really, it's not much of a shock at all. Right. You know, moving from six and bricks to living mm -hmm. in an RV. As long as I'm able to get up early, I can prep, I can center. You know, it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. Living in the RV and going to work. Everything is pretty much the same. Yeah. Charlie's awesome about setting the alarm for the coffee maker. So as long as I got my coffee, mm -hmm. you know, I'm totally fine. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
the biggest adjustment for me is is now that I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to get up and get ready to to leave the house. Um, so I let you guys, you know, get ready and stuff. And then I usually take Peyton and drop her off at school. Uh, and then Maddie and I come back. And so that's when, when we kind of start our, um, you know, getting ready. And oh, okay. Breakfast and, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, we haven't started the homeschooling and stuff yet. Um, just because we are getting them, you know, settled and stuff and ready to start school. Um, and then now I'm trying to catch up on work because I just recently started doing remote. Um, but I'm still trying to catch up because we were on vacation and stuff like that. So I'm still a little behind. So I'm trying to get that all knocked out before we really start our routine. Um, it was actually supposed to start on Monday, but work is their shorthand and stuff like that. So I'm still going to go and, and help them out. So I'm just going to put Maddie's homeschool on, on hold for maybe another week. Um, and then hopefully we can start getting into our routine. And I do want to talk about that too, eventually the homeschooling and the working, you know, from home and stuff like that. But I haven't really had a chance to, to do my routine quite yet. So. Yeah. You're, you're doing the prep and it's really cool to see. And mm-hmm. if anyone's following us on Instagram, you see Charlie's getting the book. She's doing the planning, taking Maddie to libraries and yes. finding the resources that are available I've done a lot of research. I'm pretty yeah. proud of myself. Like it's awesome. It's good I to didn't see. like jump into this, you know, it was a decision that we talked about for a long time. Um, and then, you know, I did a lot of research and stuff like that. So I'm really proud of the process that I've done and the, and the steps that I've taken to get myself and her ready for homeschool. So um, I do want to talk about that, you know, at another time later mm-hmm. down the road. And you, you're probably thinking, but Sean's a teacher. Why isn't Sean doing the homes? It's totally different it's when you're different. teaching your own kid. Yes. It's totally it's, different. It um, I'm definitely a resource for Charlie as far as like figuring out curriculum and alignment and making sure that we're evaluating and, and standards and all that stuff. And just kind of the general kind of pedagogy of teaching. But it, it is a totally different experience when you're teaching other people's kids versus your own. Yeah. Um, and so I like. Charlie's going to Maddie into this with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not bringing all the baggage of public school and habits that I have of teaching in the classroom. Um, so I'll definitely be available to help out as I can, but I have no issue at all. And excited to see uh, Charlie taking the lead on this and making it happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, nothing we're really trying to start to do, build a routine. And we haven't actually like done it, done it, done it yet. But we're kind of speaking it into existence. We're telling <laughs> y'all to maybe all hold us accountable. So we really want to start tracking all of our expenses. Yes. Uh, this next year, the plan was for us to live in the RV, but still have the same relative amount of income right. so we can start budgeting and mm-hmm. saving and figuring out exactly what it is that we're spending living in this thing mm-hmm. before going on the road. Um, and that way we can convey that information to you, but also help us right. before we get out there and we when we can do it right and make sure that everything where it fits where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start collecting receipts on gas, um, collecting receipts on meals, mm-hmm. how much we're spending on food. Uh, things like that. So these yeah. are just routines that we're trying to establish right. here in the first month or so of living mm-hmm. full time in the RV. And and as we keep up with them and, and build new routines, we'll definitely share that with y'all. Yeah. So one of the biggest routines that needed the most adjusting probably was Charlie, you know, cooking meals. So this yes. is the thing we do regularly every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have your massive kitchen yeah. and we had a massive dining room. Yeah. And now we're trying to do all of those things in a much smaller space. Yes. Um, so we thought that it would be really great to share some of our family's favorite recipes. Mm-hmm. Charlie cooks a whole bunch of different things, but there's a couple of go-tos yeah. that are favorites for all of us mm-hmm. that are relatively simple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go let you start talking about that. Okay. Um, so we, uh, so we live in a 30 amp trailer, right? Mm-hmm. So we have 30 amps. Um, and so right now it's the summertime. So the AC is running. Um, and so with the AC running, you can't really have a whole lot of appliances running as well. 
Um, and so I had to figure that out one day because I think I was trying to run the microwave and the air fryer at the same time and it chipped the breaker. Um, so I was like, okay, well, we can't do that. Um, so that was a learning experience. I was like, okay, so I need to figure out a different way. Um, and so now when we try it, when we use like the air fryer or something like that, um, I just, I unplug a couple of things at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that I had to learn, you know, how to do that. Um, and so also, you know, with, um, with it being summer, you want to cook outside as much as possible um, because turning on the oven is going to do, it's going to heat up the trailer. It's going to get hot inside. Um, so you definitely want to cook outdoors as much as possible. You mentioned air fryer. Yes. Oh, yes. That's yes. a new development. So um, the, the uh, I don't have a lot of counter space in, in the RV either. So um, cooking on the oven is, is not an option right now because of the heat, but it's also not really an option because... I don't have a lot of counter space, so I can't really cook multiple things, you know, at the same time. Um, so I was like, well, what can I do besides using the oven all the time? Um, and one of the uh, gadgets I already had was an Instapot. Um, and so I cooked with that a lot before. Um, and so actually because our oven had broke in the house, remember? Yes. <laughs> so that our oven had broke um, and we didn't want to fix it. Um, so I started cooking in the Instapot a lot more after that anyway. So I already know a lot of recipes to use in the Instapot. But again, turning the Instapot on, again, it it creates steam and stuff like that um, after cooking. So I, I, I don't really want to do a whole lot of that right now either. Um, but I have thought about bringing it outside um, and using the Instapot outside instead of having it indoors. Um, so that might help. So I might start doing that. Um, but again, with not having a lot of counter space, um, I use the Instapot for, for all kinds of meals. Um, and so it was nice to have a, a gadget that already did a lot, um, but I actually bought the air fryer lid for it recently. Um, so I didn't have to buy another appliance because again, I don't have a lot of counter space in the RV. So having that air fryer lid with the Instapot that I already had is really nice because now I have one gadget for pretty much everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so that's nice. Um, so, you know, the kids can make, you know, chicken nuggets and pizza rolls and stuff like that pretty easy without having to turn the oven on um, using that air fryer. Mm -hmm. um, but again, can only really plug the air fryer in and like nothing else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so which is why you do not want to use it too much during the summer. Yes, exactly. Because we need our AC in Texas. Yes, yes. I mean, once it's not as hot anymore and the AC is not running, I think I could plug in a little bit more and maybe do, you know, a little bit more in the kitchen but for right now um it's just uh it's it's not it's not simple it's not doable um and i don't want to do it so. well, that's totally fine because it we have the because we have a blackstone yes. um and the blackstone is my favorite thing to cook on um because one it's outside <laughs> so i don't have to turn anything on on the inside um and then he loves it too because pretty much all the meals i make on it right now um are on the blackstone and yes. so i've really learned a lot over the past uh year we've had it almost a year um, so I've learned a lot on the cook on it. So I'm going to talk about the three uh, family favorites. Um, and I have them in order of our family favorites. Um, <laughs> how much we enjoyed them. How much we enjoyed them. Yes. So the first one um, is called, I guess it's like a shrimp teriyaki stir fry type um, meal. Delicious. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll talk about the ingredients first and then I'll talk about the steps to make them. So first ingredient is, is shrimp. And this can be versatile. You can use chicken, you can use vegetables. Actually, um, if yeah, you want you to. You did use chicken in the most recent I did. Fry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's versatile. Uh, we we like we like shrimp um, as, as the favorite. So we use shrimp, but you can use other ingredients if you want to. Um, but you want to get uh, shrimp that is thawed out. Um, you don't want to use frozen 
I don't really use anything frozen on the Blackstone. You can, um, but I don't recommend it. You want to make sure everything's thawed when you throw it on the Blackstone. So um, anyways, shrimp thawed, um, tails off, deveined, all that stuff. Um, and then you can use whatever vegetables you want to use. We use broccoli. Um, I've used carrots before too. Um, the kids like carrots. Um, so we use broccoli and carrots um, and then rice. Uh, for the rice, you want to cook it ahead of time. Uh, I have a rice cooker, so I cook the rice ahead of time, and then you want to refrigerate the rice for at least a couple hours. Um, and the reason that you want to do this is because if you don't do that, if you throw hot rice on the on the blackstone, it will be sticky. You don't want sticky rice in stir fry. You can do it if it's last minute, you know, and you want this meal and you don't have time to refrigerate your rice. You definitely can do hot hot rice, um, but I don't recommend it because again, you'll have that sticky rice. So shrimp. Uh, broccoli, uh, cold rice, and then you can throw all of that on the blackstone and then saute it up. And then you want to, um, I use sesame oil for cooking this meal because uh, of flavor. Um, sesame oil is good to um, saute the shrimp and the broccoli in. Um, and then you can throw a little bit on the rice too for flavor as well. Um, so you want to saute that up and then once it's all cooked, then you can put your sauce on it. So I use soy sauce and just a little bit, it doesn't take a lot. Um, you wanna make sure that you get gluten-free soy sauce um, because it doesn't have as much salt in it. So it's a little bit healthier. So you get gluten-free soy sauce. And then I use um, this Panda Express teriyaki sauce for ours. Um, it's really good, we like it. You can use other teriyaki sauce if you like, um, but that one is um, kind of the family favorite. So, um, and you just throw it all together and it's really easy because you yes. just mix it all together and, mm -hmm. and it doesn't take that long. The longest thing is, you know, the rice, it takes a little bit to cook, but you can do that beforehand. But mm -hmm. once you're cooking all the ingredients together, it's pretty simple, um, maybe five or 10 minutes total. Mm -hmm. And we have the rice cooker, so you don't, it's pretty, you turn it on and forget about it until mm -hmm. it's done. Yep. But I do, I've seen you before get those bags of, kind of pre-cooked rice as soon as you just throw it in the pot yeah. and, you, and you boil it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you could probably even, could you boil water on the Blackstone? I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, so I'm not, no, that's your recipe. I'm just thinking mm -hmm. people's solutions, not having a rice cooker. Yeah. Yeah. Or just boil some water. You know, these bags of rice that are just pre-packaged. Yeah. They have those ones that you can throw in the microwave um, as well. Mm -hmm. um, those pre-packaged rice ones that you throw mm -hmm. in the microwave, you heat up for like 90 seconds. Um, yeah. And I think just as long as you let it cool down, mm -hmm. you know, before you put it on the Blackstone. Yeah. It still works the same way. I we haven't so. tried it yet, but I'm pretty sure I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just totally doable, mm -hmm. quick and easy, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's definitely one of my favorites. I remember the first time you made it, we were out at where it was either Wilson, Wilson H. H or Taylor. It was Wilson H. It was, it was definitely Wilson H. Mm -hmm. Um and it was a little colder out. I yes. remember being a little colder. Mm -hmm. And I had just finished setting up camp, had a little little delicious brew. <laughs> and then like Ch Charlie comes out and just throws together this stir fry. And it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, it was so good. It was the perfect way to finish the day, watching the sun go down, having some stir fry. Yeah. That definitely set the tone for it and, and it's been great ever since. And I'm glad you make it as often as you do. Yeah. Cool. And like I said, you can you can put other stuff in it too. If you're a vegetarian, um, you can do just vegetables um, and rice. Um, that's always good too. Um, or you can do shrimp. You can do chicken. You can do beef if you want to too, like some strips, like beef strips or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's extremely versatile. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so the second one is chicken quesadillas. Again, this one's pretty versatile too. You can use chicken. You can use shrimp. I have made it with shrimp before. Maddie likes that. Um, and you can use beef or again, you can just use vegetables. Um, but I'm going to talk about the chicken ones. <laughs> so the first thing that, uh, I do for this one is I cook the chicken ahead of time. 
Um, I usually use the Instapot for that, um, but you can cook chicken however you want to. You can also use um, the, uh, the, um, the pre-cooked ones um, and heat those up if you want to do mm -hmm. that. Um, but I always get uh, fresh chicken breasts and I cook those in the Instapot. Um, put some uh, vegetable oil in there, not vegetable oil, uh, vegetable broth in there with some taco seasoning and um, just cook the chicken breast. Um, I usually use about a pound for our family. Um, so it's usually like two good sized chicken breasts. Mm -hmm. um, and so I cook that ahead of time. And then um, I can either do that on a meal prep day, like Sundays, I can meal prep for that. And then I'll have chicken to use later. So that's always a good option to do. Um, or you could just save the chicken to cook um, the meal at your next step. And so um, then the next step that I would do is make the sauce for the chicken, the quesadilla. So good. So it's it's just sour cream and mayonnaise mixed with taco seasoning. Um, and it's pretty simple. I mean, you just use like a t tablespoon of each, I think maybe it's like pretty much the same proportion of mayo and sour cream. Mix that all together with taco seasoning. Um, and then you want your tortillas. Uh, we like home style tortillas the best. Um, there's different types of tortillas. You can use corn, you can use flour, um, whatever type you prefer, but we prefer the home style tortillas. So those are the ones I use. Um, and so you want to take all of that. Um, oh, and cheese and cheese, of course. Can't forget the cheese. Can't forget the cheese. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you take all that outside and then first thing you do obviously is turn the blackstone on and then, um, put it on low. You don't need it very high right now. Um, and then put your tortilla down and then put the sauce on. So that, that sauce that you made, you put that on the tortilla um, and then you put your chicken on it and then you put the cheese on it and then you put your other tortilla on top and then turn up the heat a little bit so you can start melting the cheese and stuff and it helps kind of make the torture two tortillas stick together mm -hmm. um, and then once that's you know good and golden and you flip it over and cook the other side and everything's all gooey and nice and, and that one's pretty simple yeah <laughs> but it's so simple. simple it's so good yeah. it's so filling god it's i can only eat what one or two of them mm -hmm. you know and i eat quite a bit of food yeah and it, i'm fine you know yeah. it's so satisfying um, and you can put other things in them too. I mean, you can put tomatoes, you can put onions, you can put peppers, um, and then, um, they're pretty versatile as well. You can put whatever you want, like in the, in the quesadilla. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that one's pretty easy. So I remember before you've done them, you didn't have the metal, the press, the, the, the press or mm -hmm. the lid to help with the melting. Mm -hmm. Have you used it with the melting or I've just seen you use, no, not yet? Mm -mm. Okay. But you can, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, you mm -hmm. can get, you know, the lid that helps keep the heat on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that if you, if you want to, it will help melt the cheese and stuff a little bit more. Um, I feel like the blackstone gets pretty warm. Yeah. Um, and so it, it melts them just fine, cool. but you definitely can do that. And the press would be nice too, especially if you put a lot of ingredients in your quesadilla, which is fine, you can definitely do. Um, but you definitely want to press it down so, so it's it not sticks. kind of all clumpy and stuff. Yeah, and when yeah. you're trying to flip it over, sometimes it, the ingredients can like fall out mm -hmm. um, because you want to make sure that the cheese is melted enough to kind of stick everything together before you flip it over. Gotcha. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. We were talking about it. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we did. It's summer in Texas. And so this episode, again, like our last one, we're filming it really, really early. Yeah. And it's not because people are noisy. It's because... Hot. He's coming. I yes. can see him. He's coming around the edge of the Galactica <laughs> there. Yes. So we're just trying to get this this taken care of. But anyway, mm -hmm. I haven't had breakfast yet. And we're talking about all this food. I'm gonna put some pressure on Charlie to get on that Blackstone again <laughs> and make some breakfast. Um, and so the last one, I think this one's the absolute easiest one because there's really not a whole, whole lot of prep involved for this one. Um, and I actually got this idea from um, another Instagrammer. Her name, uh, their Instagram name is Aldorish. 
Outdoors RV, I think. Um, so she was talking about doing uh, flatbreads, um, but I actually did just individual pizzas for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about pizzas. Um, you can do or you can do flatbreads on the Blackstone. Um, again, this is probably one of the easiest ones, in my opinion. All you really need is the pre-made, um, um, what are they called? <laughs> the pizza crust. Crust, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so I bought the individual ones and I made individual pizzas for all of us. Um, but again, you can buy like the larger flatbreads and it works the same. Um, so we did, um, you can buy the, the thin crust ones. Um, they have like the regular ones or whatever, but I bought the regular ones to make the individual ones for us. So, um, what I did first is you get your, all of your ingredients together that you're going to put on their pizza. You want some kind of pizza sauce. Um, I bought pre-made pizza sauce. You can do marinara sauce. You can do barbecue sauce. You can do Alfredo, like whatever kind of sauce you want. (laughs) And then cheese. Um, And then whatever, you know, toppings, vegetables and stuff like that. You want to get all that together. Go outside, turn your Blackstone on. First thing you want to do is um, oil the top of your pizza first. So put whatever oil you want to use. I use just regular vegetable oil most of the time. Um, I did use sesame oil in the first one for flavor, um, but you don't need that this time. You just want to use regular oil for this. So you want to brush the the top of your pizza first. And so you want to put that on first. That way you can toast the top of it and everything. Toast it however you want, nice and golden, and then flip it over and then make sure you turn your Blackstone all the way down. That way you can prep your pizza while it's um Oh, yeah, kind just of kind cooking. of cooking the bottom. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I forgot. Yeah, you want to oil that. Like when you're when you oil the the top of it and you're cooking it, make sure you oil the the bottom of your pizza while it's cooking because you're gonna flip it over. So then you flip it over, um, and then you want to make sure that you have a, a warmer lid for this one, um, so that way you can melt your cheese and stuff like that. But whatever toppings you're gonna put on your pizza, you want to cook ahead of time, um, and you can cook those on the blackstone while you're um, browning your crusts. Uh, you can do. I did pepperoni and cheese. Um, for the ones I made recently, but you can do whatever toppings you want to do um, and you want to saute all that up before you put it on your pizza. You can use peppers, you can use tomatoes, you can use bacon, you can use mushrooms. Um, one of my favorite ones is pineapples. I know a lot of people don't like pineapple on we their pizza. We just lost half of our followers right there. I wow. like pineapple. Way to go, Charlie. That's awesome. <laughs> so whatever you want to put on your pizza, make sure you saute that up and warm it up and everything. So once you have flipped your, your pizza over, um, you want to put your sauce on there, whatever sauce you're using. Um, either it's the tomato sauce, the marinara, the barbecue sauce, whatever. Put the sauce on and then um, put your toppings on and then put the cheese on top of it. That way um, the cheese helps all the toppings and everything kind of stick together. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so at this point, this is when you want your warming lid. So you want to put the warming lid on top. Um, that way it melts the cheese and everything kind of sticks together really nice. And you, now you can turn your black snow up a little bit. So it starts cooking, um, the bottom of your pizza as well as creating that heat to that circulation heat in your warming lid, um, to melt the cheese and, and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's pretty simple in my opinion. That's one of the easiest ones. Um, what did you think of them? They were good. They yeah. were very, very good. That was a, I only made them once, yeah, and it was we, the first time that I made them. I made them very recently. I was, I was taking, I was blown away by how fast the process was. Yeah. you know how quickly they were made. I um, was worried about it because, I mean, it, it's it's pizza like dough. You know, it's like stale bread kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was worried about them not being cooked. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do have to, you know, you have to 
put the put it on the blackstone to cook the bottom, and they have to flip it over to cook the top. So I was just I was worried that they weren't going to be good because of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess they actually turned out. Yeah, really yeah, nice. very very good. And then once you put the toppings on, like the crust is good, but mm -hmm. and then again, it's a quick meal. Right. You know, like it's very easy. that yes. you're doing on that the Blackstone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we really wanted like legit pizza, we'd just drive and go buy a pizza. But this is for, you know, you pull into a lot one night. Mm -hmm. It's like seven o'clock. You know, you're ready to wind down, you yeah. know, just it's very quick. You out. can throw that on there really yeah, fast and yeah. have, have dinner in less than 30 minutes. So for less than 30 minutes, mm -hmm. it is not bad at all. It's yeah. very, very good. And you can cook a whole pizza, too, if you want to. I have seen people do that. I just don't have a warming lid like large enough. Mm -hmm. um, but I've seen people some of their Blackstones have lids on them where you can like pull it down. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can do a whole entire pizza if you want to. Yeah. Um, or you can just do the individual ones like I did. So Charlie has definitely made. Way more extravagant meals. I have. And these are these again. These are three these are the easy quick ones mm -hmm. and very very good, very yes. very straightforward recipes. Again, it's that... it's summertime, so yes, you want to cook outside as much as possible because you don't want to you know heat up your RV. Um, but it is hot as well, so you don't want to be outside for a very long time either. Mm -hmm. um, so these are quick, easy ones that you can throw on the the, the blackstone um, and cook them fairly um, quickly. So that way you can go enjoy your meals inside where it's nice and cool. Exactly. And, and one thing is like the pizza one, we mm -hmm. originally got that idea from one of the, the people that we've met on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have any other quick go-to recipes that you enjoy that yeah. are share them because we'll, we'll definitely try them out. Yeah. Um, and like the pizzas, it's, it was a wonderful discovery and mm -hmm. had someone shared that knowledge with us and made our lives better for it. Hopefully, We've shared some knowledge with us, Hopefully. with you mm -hmm. and making your life out there on the road a little bit better. Yeah. And, and then if you have any questions or anything about the recipes, feel free to shoot us um, either an email um, or you could comment um, on Instagram. Comment on Instagram. Yes. Um, and then I can happily answer any questions that you have about the recipes. Yes. So that was three quick, easy, delicious recipes that you can cook outdoors yes. on a Blackstone yep. while living in an RV. Now it's that part of the show where we talk about some Battlestar Galactica. This week, we're going to be reviewing Season 1, Episode 5. The title of this episode is You Can't Go Home Again. It was written by Carla Robinson and directed by, and forgive me if I mispronounce this, Sergio Mimica Gazan. Um, this originally aired in the United States in February 4th, 2005. Again, remember, we got Battlestar a year after the UK got it. So when you look it up and people says the original series that came out in 2003, 2004, it did come out in 2003, 2004, but in the UK, mm -hmm. and we got it all a year later. So it aired here in the U.S. on Sci-Fi on February 4th, 2005. Now, this episode picks up right off where, right up where episode four mm -hmm. left off. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who weren't there, the episode was essentially about this three-way drama thing happening between Admiral Adama, mm -hmm. Starbuck, and Apollo, mm -hmm. all around the death of Admiral Adama, or Commander Adama's son, yes. Zek. Um, Starbuck was definitely responsible for mm -hmm. the longest time. Lee thought his dad was responsible. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Commander Adama didn't know that Starbuck was responsible, and that all kind of came to a head in the last episode. Yeah. So it was in the middle of all this drama that mm -hmm. right at the end, Starbuck charges into eight Cylon Raiders by herself, takes them all out yeah but unfortunately the last one hit her ship and she went crashing down to this planet mm -hmm. and the episode finishes with to be continued yes so this episode picks up with hot dog was out there with her mm -hmm. they went out and retrieved hot dog and they bring him back into the galactica and he tells them because at the end they didn't know 
whether she was alive or not. All right. they saw was her blip disappear off the Dratus. Right. And he's like, no, I saw her go down to the planet. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, okay, she's not blown up. There's right. a chance that she's alive. Um, and it was a cool scene where Apollo was a nugget in the whole last episode. Uh, but Apollo gives him his wings and says, yeah. you've earned these because when everyone else was running away, he turned around to follow his leader and backed her yep. up. Um, and I think he shot down one of them. He did. He got mm -hmm. one of them. So Apollo went ahead and gave hot dog his wings there. Mm -hmm. um, but he jumps right into to a Viper. Apollo jumps right into a Viper and yeah. goes out immediately starting the search and rescue because they know that she's down. He's going to go and try and find her. Yep. Um, so camera cuts and you find out Starbuck is actually alive. Yes. She wakes up. She's being dragged by her parachute. Mm -hmm. the, the terrain the wind, is... The wind is blowing. Yeah. The, the wind mm -hmm. is crazy. It's blowing dust everywhere. It's mm -hmm. harsh. Everything like this. The surface of this planet is just... It's rough. Yes. Um, and while it's dragging her, like her leg hits this rock. rock. Her knee mm -hmm. hits this rock. Yeah. And you don't think anything of it. You know, she's just living rough, but that has huge implications in further episodes. Just, yeah. just note that. Mm -hmm. um, but you get an idea of what this planet is like. She can barely see anything. Right. So you imagine anyone flying above would be able to see anything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very dusty windy. You barely can see any, anything at all. So mm -hmm. we go back to the Galactica and. Yep. And so they start um, assessing the situation. Pretty much they realize that she has 46 hours of oxygen left in her tank. Um, so they start a clock for 46 hours. Um, so that essentially means they have 46 hours to find her. Um, so Adama orders the search and rescue to go out um, and start looking for her. Um, and so then um, it cuts back to Starbuck. Um, and so then you start see her realizing that her legs pretty messed up. Um, so she starts, um, realizing that, or so I think she starts to get up, um, and she can't walk. So then she realizes her legs pretty messed up. Um, so basically she is learning about the situation at hand and trying to assess, you know, what to do next. Um, she, uh, her radio is broken, so she can't get in touch with anybody. Yeah. Um, her oxygen levels are, you know, starting to decrease. She realizes that she needs to figure out something because mm -hmm. she's going to run out of oxygen. Um, and then she pulls out a little thingy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called, but she pulls out a little thingy um, and it turns black or I think it turns black. So then that's like she can't um, breathe the air. So she knows that she can't take her helmet off. Um, so she starts walking around um, and trying to figure out what to do. I guess she starts praying at one point too. She's like, she's <laughs> yes, like Lord, please, yes, please yes, um, yes. help me. <laughs> um, so she walks over the mountain or this ridge or whatever and sees the Cylon Raider that she shot down. Mm -hmm. So at first she kind of like, you know, jumps back, like, you know, because she thinks that somebody's in it or whatever. Um, but then she looks over and then she can clearly see that it's, it's, it's down Raider. There's nobody there. Um, so she walks over to it and then, um, starts kind of assessing, I guess, the Raider. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, so when the Galactica, they don't know exactly where she went down. Mm -hmm. um, but they're sitting here and they're looking at the different planets and the actual planet itself is like this plasma, like really toxic, like, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. you know, planet. There's no way if she went down there, mm -hmm. they, they know that she's been shot down and she started falling. They learned that from hot dog mm -hmm. where she ends up is based on the gravitational fields of these planets in the yeah. system. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, okay, if she goes there, she's dead. So hopefully she gets pulled to this moon. It's actually a moon oh, that she gets pulled onto okay, of yeah, the planet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah mm -hmm. so that's why there's no atmosphere, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really harsh. But all the stuff you're absolutely says right. Mm -hmm. It's it she 
she was a little bit more sarcastic when she was praying. Um, I kind of like her relationship <laughs> with the gods, the way she talks in a in natural Starbucks fashion. Yeah. Like, you know, I really could use a little bit of help here. No? All right. Thought I'd ask, you know, just, just yeah. really, really cavalier with it. Yeah. Very cool. But she does come to the Cylon and, and she sees the raider that she shot down. Because at the end of the episode four, you saw the, the one, the raider she shot falling right. and then she's well. falling right mm -hmm. after it. Yep. So it crashed. Fortunately for her, her. <laughs> conveniently for story's sake, yeah. really close to her. Um, she did patch up her leg with some yellow tape. That's important for a reason. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So her yes. knee was injured. And yes. so she used some yellow some tape yellow in her tape. survival mm -hmm. kit, I imagine, to kind of put a splint on and patch her leg. So then mm -hmm. she's able to move. Yes. Um, so she goes to this radar and you see she goes up, oh, kill shot. Because there's a perfect like blip hole right in the temple mm -hmm. of what the Cylon Raider's head is. Yeah. You don't think anything of it until later. Mm -hmm. That it's yeah. Yes. Uh, so you see, she apparently has a degree in biology. <laughs> Sarcastic. I'm going to talk about this at the end about my hangups with this episode. But um, yeah, so she's she's like kill shot. You know, you see that this thing has a face. You know, it has a head. Mm -hmm. And so she goes and she starts ex examining it some more, and she pushes little parts. It looks like a button, but it's kind of fleshy and she pushes it and it opens Yeah. and she starts cutting it open and yeah. getting inside and finds out this thing has a brain. It's an actual organism. It's not just a machine. Right. It's not a plane that's being flown around by Cylons. The Raider is the Cylon. Yeah. It's a thing. It's an, an organism. That was the first time that we as the viewer mm -hmm. saw the Raiders as these organisms right. um, that have have. They're alive, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. has huge implications down the road as well. Yeah. We're learning more about the Cylons. Mm -hmm. um, so then it, can, it shifts back to the storyline that's kind of been building uh, on Caprica, where mm -hmm. Hilo is shot down and he's there with Sharon, yeah. who we know is a Cylon, um, because there's a boomer in the fleet and there's a Sharon on Caprica. That yeah. She's a Cylon. Yeah. <laughs> there's no spoilers there. Um, they're playing house in yes. this little hideaway that they found yeah the the bunker shelter that they yeah, found um, last episode, yes. yeah so it that it cuts to them and so she's in a hammock laying down and he's sitting next to her like <laughs> oh, so you know that something's going yeah, on between the two they're of hamming them. it up a little bit yeah. yeah um so hilo is like you you just rest a little bit i'm gonna go make breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> what you're literally surviving on a nuclear wasteland yeah. i'm gonna go make breakfast, breakfast. they're all caught up they've just run really really close together mm -hmm. in close proximity in survival, and then it's just the two of them, you know, within this okay. like two, three weeks, however long yes, it's been. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's just the two of them. She, I mean, come on, like, <laughs> yeah, she she says something like it's almost starting to feel like, and they both say it at the same time, home. home. Uh, yeah. But then he's like, <laughs> yeah, but good news is my knee's feeling a little bit better. He's like, yeah, this feels great, but we he reminds her. We got to get off this planet. We can't stay here forever. Yeah. You know, but for some reason, she seems really invested in getting them to stay there. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's how you feel the way that she's talking. You don't know why. Yeah. You know, but she's really kind of coming on strong of like, this is working for us. Let's mm -hmm. why. Why do we need to leave? Because like, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be. I don't want to grow like a third arm or something. I want to get <laughs> off this nuclear wasteland of a planet yeah. and get back to the fleet. Yeah. Um, so he because there is radiation. Yes. So um, they have anti-radiation meds and For they actually months. found more mm -hmm. when they found this bunker. So they do have a couple of months worth of radiation, but yeah. eventually that's going to run out. So he was like, no, we have to get off the planet. Like, so we yeah, do something. Yeah. Things start. So things you start to 
thing she's doing. Like she showed up and she doesn't explain why she came back. She gave this halfway answer. Right. She came back seemingly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like things that should be setting off antennas in Hilo's head. She's really heavily suggesting that they stay here. Mm-hmm. Should be setting off antennas in his head. But I think because he is completely infatuated with her. Yeah. Like he really cares for her. Yeah. That he's washing over all of this. Yeah. Um, it's very, very important. So he goes up to make breakfast mm-hmm. and while he's working with literally have Pop-Tarts. And you think, why Pop-Tarts? The apocalypse, we're in the future, why Pop-Tarts? Believe it or not, there are Pop-Tarts in MREs. Yeah, so all the (laughs) only food that they have are MREs, like meals ready to eat that were in the survival bunker. But I've had MREs where you go and it's it's not called Pop-Tarts, it's called something toaster paste, not even toaster pastries, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a (laughs) Pop-Tart essentially, and they're they're terrible. But uh, so he's putting those inside of a toaster and he pushes it down. And then, so it starts to cook them. But while it's cooking, the a centurion, centurion comes, comes around in. the corner. Yes, and he's like, oh, crap. So he runs and he hides. So a centurion patrol is coming inside their little hideout. Mm-hmm. And he's watching this toaster on the counter. And then he's looking over at the toasters with yes. giant guns ready to kill him. And he's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. But sure enough, the little toaster. And then the other toasters, right? They, they go. Oh. And so it's it's on. There's it's this massive fight. firefight. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, during it, Hilo gets knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then when he wakes up later, the, the Cylons are gone, gone and Sharon mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. So that was the extent of seeing what's happening with Hilo. And he goes on and starts looking for her. But that's they kind of keeping that storyline going of him being stranded on Caprica. Yeah. But then we go back to the Galactica. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming really, really apparent to everyone besides Commander Adama and Lee that... Right. The search is going to, it's it's almost um, been the 46 hours. Um, so they're starting to say, you know, she doesn't have any oxygen left. Um, and then they've used a lot of resources and stuff yes. too. The, the planet or the moon, I guess, um, is extremely harsh. So it's, it's tearing up the vipers, you know, when they're searching. Because um, they have to get really low, right? Because they have to look for her. They have to you know, use their eyes the to old see fashioned her, way, yeah. the old fashioned way. So they're flying really low. And of course we talked about how the harsh the planet is. So it's, it's tearing up the, the, the vipers. Um, They've used 43% of their fuel reserves trying to find her. Yeah. Um, and anyone who's been paying attention to the show at this point knows that there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Adama is attached to her for one. Lee is attached to her. Obviously everyone's saying that it's because they're, they don't leave anybody behind. That's what that's what they keeps he Adama keeps saying to everybody. We don't leave our pilots behind. We don't leave anybody behind. Um, but yeah, we we know that there it's more. It's like, emotional attachment. Yeah, it's an emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, he people are assuming that it's because of her connection. Mm-hmm. That's their her. She is their last connection to Zach. Right. Because she was engaged to Zach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it starts to get really really awkward. Um, he yells at Ty, mm-hmm. relieves Ty of duty when he calls him out on it. Ty, again, another one of my favorite characters. He respects that military protocol. He's like, I'm relieved. Cool. I don't agree with you, but fine. You're the commander. Mm-hmm. I'm the XO. You relieve me. I'm out. And he walks yeah. away. Um, finally, though, it gets so bad that the president actually comes to the Galactica and mm-hmm. she confronts Lee and Adama. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, you two are officers. You two are gentlemen. If y'all should be realizing that y'all are putting little less than 50,000 people's survival at risk mm-hmm. by us sitting here, you know, 
looking for her. Yeah, because I think that they had spread out the fleet too mm-hmm. over um, over the the the, the planet's atmosphere to help. Um, yeah. to help with the with the search because uh, mm-hmm. the civilian ships and stuff they're helping as well. Mm-hmm. If they had any um, not vipers but like smaller ships going down and, and trying to help her, um, so everybody's pretty much spread out. So the president's like, no, this this isn't working. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're extremely vulnerable. And at this point, her oxygen has run out too. Yes, the clock has run out. Um, and so they keep using the excuse of, well, maybe she had reserves. Like, she just happen to have reserves. Like, yes. everybody else is logical about it, but but they're not. Yeah. Meanwhile, like on the planet, right, everyone thinks that, you know, her time's up. She's dead. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, Starbuck has gotten inside of this raider. raider. Mm-hmm. And she's, again, <laughs> she's become a biologist and she's a master in Cylon technology. She's cut the brain she's out. Um, she's found, she's trying to figure found out how the to air tube, the oxygen oh, yeah. tube. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Cylons need oxygen as well. Yeah. So she cut open that tube and she's using it literally as a... Tube to breathe. A, a ventilator. Like a she's ventilator. breathing mm-hmm. oxygen from the Cylon. She seals it off on the inside. She closes it. She, being the master pilot, figures mm-hmm. out how to manipulate and fly the Cylon. And she leaves the surface of the planet. Yeah. Um, so while she's leaving and she's on her way up, this is when that confrontation is happening between mm-hmm. the president, Lee, and uh, Commander Adama. Yeah. And they finally realize, you're right. Yeah. We are emotionally invested. It's not fair for us to... Put everybody at risk for our personal attachment, which I have an issue with. You know, I don't I don't agree. I'm pro say as long as you want to um, for a lot of different reasons. But I'll talk about it here at the end of the episode. Um, and everybody leaves. And right as they're about to jump away, they get a Dreadus contact. Um, and it's a Cylon Raider. Right. And so they send Lee out. Well, they were trying to send Lee and Hot Dog. Yeah. Because um, those were the only two Vipers that were were. Um, ready right because the other ones were all, all messed up, up. Mm-hmm. they were refueling they were getting repairs things like that so uh, hot dog and lee are the only two that are available mm-hmm. so they go to shoot out but then something happens to hot dogs like yep. um it, it doesn't there's some kind of malfunction so he can't launch so apollo's the only one out yep and he he engages the cylon and he's trying to get it but it's too good he can't he can't get a lock on it and is doing all this crazy flying and stunts and he's like man this thing is out of control and then finally, it woof, it disappears. He doesn't know where it's at. Um, and Galactus can't help him find it. But then he realizes he can't find it because it's flying so close to him. Right. And then at one point, he looks up and the Cylon is flying because I was inverted. It was flying inverted over the top of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And then it flips over and you see on the bottom of the wings, she's taking that same yellow tape that yeah. she used to fix her knee. And she tapes Starbuck on the bottom mm-hmm. of the Cylon wings. And so they realize that it's Starbuck in there. They bring her into the Galactica. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. Um, happy to have her back. Yeah. And then we finish the episode with this really awesome scene where Dama goes into medical to visit her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking and you tell her, you know, he's like, you did good. And for a moment, it's just like commander to pilot. You see how much he cares about her. Yeah. And then... It goes even deeper than that. He leans over and gives her a kiss on the forehead. And it's like, because that's what this whole, these whole two episodes have been about. Is that he feels like she wronged him. She's Mm -hmm. been carrying this guilt for so long. Mm -hmm. And he's almost like, I almost lost you. This isn't worth it. I have you now and I'm going to hold on to you. You know, you're still my daughter. And he doesn't even say all that. It's just that you can sense that through what they're, the feelings and the Mm -hmm. emotion. And he kisses on the forehead. That all is forgiven. We're looking forward. We're moving ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're facing the end of the world. We can't 
hold on to the past Mm -hmm. and hold grudges. And so it was a really great resolution to that whole episode. Um, There was also another powerful scene, too, that kind of shows that the relationship between Adama and Lee is getting fixed Mm -hmm. is once the president talked them down and they realized, you know, hey, we need to we can't stay here forever. We got to let this go. Mm -hmm. And they're walking into the CIC and Lee asks him, he's like, I got to I got to know. He's like, you know, if that was me down there, you know, would you have done the same? And Adama, it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show, like the whole series. He looks at him. He's like, if it was you down there, we would never leave, you know? Um, And so, yeah, it was just a really great way to tie all that up together Mm -hmm. and and great way to finish the episode. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah. So, knee-jerk reaction, what do you think about the episode? Uh, it's not one of my favorites. Um, honestly, uh, I feel like it's it's a little too convenient throughout the entire episode. Um, they say she has 46 hours of oxygen, you know, and so this whole thing is spanning over the time frame of 46 hours, but it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're usually really good about like making the time frame feel yes. like it yes. like it's supposed to, but with this one it really doesn't. Move it feels really like fast. so I mean she finds the the radar the the rate oh my gosh the Cylon Raider yes um very quickly and then she gets into it and it just it it feels like it's happening really fast but you have to think like this is happening over the span of 46 plus hours actually mm-hmm. I think it goes over like maybe two hours or something for her oxygen so it's mm-hmm. actually like probably closer to 48 hours so two whole days mm-hmm. this is spanned over but it doesn't feel like it um and then the, the it's too convenient for her to find the 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 raider um and then she gets in it and it just happens to have oxygen like how has her oxygen run out but this this Cylon Raider happens to have all like this that, oxygen that in she it. shot a hole in. Yes, that she shot the hole in. Yes. Um, and then the way she patches it up too, she puts like her jacket in and it. A rock. And it, yeah. Yes. And I mean, and then she goes out into space. Like, how did this thing not like, <laughs> combust and explode? You know, like it just it's it's way too convenient. It doesn't feel real. Um, and so it, again, it's it's not one of my favorite episodes. Um, and your least favorite character is president, the president. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't mind her as much. Um, I I kind of like her in most episodes, but this one, I can't She's say. Obnoxious. She's extremely passive aggressive in the entire and episode, and it's so annoying to hear her address them the way that she did because mm-hmm. at one point she's like i'm so sorry for your loss and he's like wait you know we're still looking for her and she's like oh i was in the impression that she lost all her oxygen she assumed a lot. you know like yeah. yeah and so it's it's extremely annoying yeah um and so again it, it's just not one of my favorites um at all before all those reasons like yeah. it, it's really hard to watch yeah yeah <laughs> i get it and, and so i don't mind starbuck the way you don't mind president Rosalind, but mm-hmm. she's right up there she's like a close second to one of my least favorite characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause she's a huge Mary Sue. Yeah. Starbuck is good at everything. Yeah. Starbuck is the best pilot. Starbuck <laughs> is the best shot. Yeah. Starbuck has a degree in biology and Cylon technology, <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, come on. Yeah. Like, and it's after taking such a methodical approach to problem solution, problem solution mm-hmm. for the first five episodes in the show, yeah. four episodes in the show, you get to this point and you've got this problem, this massive problem for Starbuck. Mm-hmm. And all in herself, mm-hmm. in herself, she is the solution. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a bit, I mean, it makes for a good story. It really, I, that's, anyway, <laughs> Mary Sue, anytime that happens at Starbucks, I have issues with the episode. Like, there's yeah. so many other ways that they could have found to fix this problem. Um, 
it was in, in, I listened to Balsar Galacticast mm -hmm. and, and Mark said that it was an elegant solution to a writing problem, you know, to a story problem, meaning mm -hmm. that the story presented this really hard decision and they came up with this really sophisticated way that if all of the stars align perfectly, yeah. this can be the solution. Yeah, but then that makes it unrealistic. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it kind of gets away from the whole like we're literally on a planet where we were by this planet mining the ice because the actual water underneath has too much salt in it. So we have to grab the ice and melt the ice in order to drink that. You know, like if you go to that level of you might as well have just had the water be fine. You right. see what I'm saying? Like right. if you go to that level, create this sense of realism mm -hmm. of struggling to live in space. Then you in the next very next episode, you have Starbuck be the Swiss army knife. Mary Sue that solves all the problems. Yeah. It really takes you out of it. Yeah. Um, and then you add on top of that President Raza, my least favorite character in the entire show. Yeah. Um, she really shows in this, in yeah, this episode like, and I can't and I, I can't even stand it. I know I, I know of big moments later mm -hmm. throughout the entire series that makes me not like her. But now going back and rewatching everything with the fine tooth comb, I'm like, yeah, I know. There's a reason why I don't yeah. like this character. Yeah. Um, Mary McDonald's a great actress. She is. But yes. it's just her character is like ugh, mm -hmm. so annoying. The character assumes a lot. Mm -hmm. For one, they have been sacrificing. The, the military has been sacrificing so much up to this point. Right. And when they ask for one for the, when they ask the fleet to give just a little bit mm -hmm. for this one pilot, mm -hmm. you have the gall yeah. to, to come here and insist that we yeah. leave, to call me not a gentleman, not an officer, you know, mm -hmm. like to, to question me. Like, how dare you? Like, yeah. I'm pro, you know, like, this is the end of the world. It, whatever reason anybody wants to do anything to preserve a life is completely justified. Right. Like, how dare you ask them? you know, mm -hmm. to forget Starbucks and forget this years of connections. Yeah. So yeah, it really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, it is a great episode because mm -hmm. really that was just the foil. Yeah. The, the shoot down, all that stuff wasn't the point of the episode. The right. point of the episode was this Adama, Kara, Lee resolution. Right. right. And the way all of that was handled yes. was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. yes. Really, really it great. Was. Some amazing, powerful, touching moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff, every time she's interacting with Edward James almost is so great. The yeah, scenes are always so great. Mm -hmm. Every time Jamie Bamber's interacting with Edward James almost, the father-son dynamic they yeah. got going, so it's good. good. Yeah. So good. So I don't not like the episode. It's really, really good. But there are things in it that just things that I don't like about the whole show overall mm -hmm. were really, really apparent in this one episode. Yeah. So yeah, that's our Overall review of mm -hmm. You Can't Go Home Again. That's season one, episode five of Battlestar Galactic. Hopefully you enjoyed the review. Hopefully. And uh, hopefully you come back for more. Hopefully. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please consider liking the video and subscribing to our video channel and podcast. We have absolutely loved building connections with the RV community and anyone else that's interested in this lifestyle. So if you'd like to connect with us, please follow us on Instagram and YouTube at So Say We Travel or visit us at SoSayWeTravel.com. See you down the road.